Welcome to Everything Renewed Podcast. This is Wes Morgan. Listen, everyday people operate under habits and mindsets that prevents growth. This podcast is here to address those habits and mindsets and dismantle negative stigmas. We truly believe that if you start with the mind, everything can be renewed. Let's go. It's another day for your mind to be renewed. My name is Wes Morgan, and thank you again for joining in for today's episode, part two of the Flint water crisis um, that is still unfortunately taking place. Um, before I begin today, I want to just share a word of encouragement. Um, first of all, thank you all for tuning in and listening. You could be doing so many other things, but you decided to take some time out and listen in to gain um some additional insight and hopefully to have your mind be renewed on how you look at different things that are taking place in the world. My encouragement for you today is not to give up. Uh, With so many things happening, we read on the news, we're giving false information, we're losing loved ones, friends, um, friendships are ending because of our personal views. But don't give up. Don't give up of your dreams and your your goals and whatever you're trying to tackle, do not pay attention to other people's outcome. Uh, Let me say that again. Do not pay attention to other people's outcome. Pay attention to your process so you will have the desired outcome that you are hoping for. Um, It's right there in your hands. It's in your heart. Uh, So be committed to your goals. Be committed, first of all, to yourself as well. And know that you can reach every goal, but it's going to require some discipline and commitment. And I hope that you do not give up and you do not give in. If you need any assistance, always seek help, always seek guidance. But seriously, don't give up. There's a lot of purpose uh, to your life. And if you need help, feel free reach out to me. I, I have no problems uh, sharing some resources and information for you. But I believe that everyone has a purpose and that God has a purpose for everyone's life. And that if you just continue to trust him, your purpose, everything will fall into place. So I want to pick up with part two today of our conversation uh, with Pastor Ezra Tillman. He's the senior pastor of First Trinity Missionary Baptist Church in Flint, Michigan, where we continue our conversation about the Flint water crisis. All right, we are back uh, today. Uh, Again, uh, I hope if you guys haven't uh, listened to um, episode one, you want to stop this episode right now. Uh, my last episode about the Flint water crisis, catch up there and then come back to this one. But again, my, my brother is here and we, we want to jump right into it. So we left off um, the Flint water crisis. People came in, um, there's truckloads of water coming. And then all of a sudden, Jayden Smith, um, he, he comes in to start there. How did this come about? So we got all of this water. You trying to distribute water, help the people get into homes. Jaden Smith comes about uh, his mother comes about next thing. You know, all these celebrities is coming to you. How did this partnership and what what took place there? Well, 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 again, thank you so very much for having me and having me back, man, and sharing the story. It's been a while and many people don't necessarily discuss it no more. So it kind of get far removed at time and you can couple of the work, but I'm grateful because it kind of brings back the genesis and the birth of this, this passion I have about, you know, being involved, being part of the change. And so uh, I'm grateful for that. And thank you so much, uh, uh, Mr. Wesley, for, you know, 
using this space to renew minds and to you know provoke thought and to press the needle on people to acknowledge what's really going around us you know and so i'm trying my best to tell it best i can you know but i always <laughs> tell it time, I'll, i don't always do good on telling stories but you know i'm gonna try to jump all right you're a preacher to, we know you know I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna try to get it out and let it go as it hit me right <laughs> well well actually man this was one of the surprises of my life man and i remember something you said uh when we we were um on last time you made a comment you know towards the end about people's you know resentment for church or their question of integrity or their actual work in producing in neighborhoods uh which is far in a far farce of reality for anyone who locally lives in certain places they know most of their lifeline and connection resources to someone who's bringing a food truck and someone's bringing sources and and bringing latch keys and etc to help and to aid but in the, in the middle of all of this, this, this whole piece of the partnership with um, Jaden Smith was an acknowledgement that we were taught as children, you know, when you leave out this house, you know, do right, you know, act right, you know, do what you're supposed to do, whatever, don't bring no shame on your name or disrespect, you know, to, 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 to who you are and to me, et cetera. And, and that really is kind of those things that kind of relive of what happened. We found out from 2016 to our engagement until 2018, late, early 19, that we were being watched. Mm. We were being watched. And, you know, as you said before, you know, you had people uh, all over the world responding. You had you had Cher who was giving. You had Beyonce that was giving. You you had uh, Rasheed Wallace. You know, you you had Derek Coleman. You had all type of people came here. You, you had... Uh, uh, John B. Key, you, you had, you had, you know, all sorts of people who came through and did certain things and gave money to certain places to get certain things done. Uh, but as it got to the grass roots work of what we were doing, we were being watched and, um, and we were being vetted. And so mm -hmm. we were contacted from uh, Jaden Smith team. We uh, were introduced to 501c3, which is the nonprofit organization that he leads along with uh, another partner of his, of his um, um, Mr. Fitzgerald, uh, who's a partner with him, also equal uh, partner of his with the, the, the water company that they own called Just Water. Hmm. Um, and, and this was an initiative in which he did. And we came together, had several conversations, came, we, we spent time talking and sharing one-on-one. -on -one. He would come and this was no news, press, no release, nothing like that. And he came, he, he would come in and do uh, a concert or something in Detroit, he would come and fly into Flint first and we would meet and we'd discuss what's going on. And I share with him how we had declined over the years and weren't able to provide the resources we did in the earlier years, because as it, it is known, that there's always another disaster takes place. There's mm. always another story that trumps your story or they change the lens so there's no more focus on the severity of your story so you don't get the same support because you know the news is driven by what you see and what's urgent at the time. Mm. And so um, he came and he had in mind what he wanted to do. And we, he was trying to find a way how he was going to get it done. So the concept came through several conversations. And so that's another piece that I was able to, you know, experience in my life. I am a co-inventor of uh, the water box. And the whole concept of that is taking the water in which is in Flint versus buying bottled water, which became more expensive and taxing over time as well. Uh, to taking that water and taking it through a, a filtration system that will turn that water into the quality of bottled water, spring water. 
And so it's putting a water plant through this particular machine that produces what you need immediately and uh, will produce up to five gallons of water in less than a minute. Wow. Wow. So he, so let, let me make sure I heard you correctly. So they're watching you all for years, not just like, you know, a couple months for years. And so you have all these people filtering through and everything um, through Flint and all of a sudden he comes about and here come this, this, what, what did you call it? The Flint water? Um, I'm not the Flint, but it was a water box, right? Filtration yeah. system. Well, in the beginning, we know what it was. We, 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 that, that was what we came up with after we figured out what the problem was when we needed, because it wasn't a matter of still just buying bottled water and, you know, things of that nature. So this, this was like, okay, how do you find a way to uh, respond and to make it more affordable on your end and make it more conducive to yeah. get it to people. And we came up with the concept of the water box. Mm, so the water box. So this water box was helping families and people can come. Um, so how did that work? Because I know I saw people in lines so they can come with their bottles or their jugs, fill up gallons of water and just go home and use the, that water. That's right. That's right. And, and then we worked out the, the background of how we're going to now deal with the mistrust in our community because your city has lied to you. Your your, your uh, county has covered up and lied to you. Your state has signed off on your demise uh, on top of that you're already a uh, industrial area that has been stripped already now due to, uh, you know, the lack of bailout in certain areas with the, the car industry. Uh, it was some of the other things that happened, whatever. So we had to put a website together to prove and to show to them of the updates of the testing of the water that we had so they would know that it was good. And they had accessibility to go do at, at their own time and in their own uh, space to check and see so they know that it was safe. And we, wow. we outsourced it to a company outside of the city. So they want be you know, bamboozled by that we were trying to do a cover up as well. And, uh, and this was also another extension of my personal ministry, um, uh, E.L. Tillman Ministries LLC, because I didn't want to have the responsibility on my church that if there was any problem going on, no one would come to sue us on it. Right. right. Because I'm still the pastor of the church and I didn't want to do that either. So um, as time went on, uh, that that was kind of the setup of what took place of the actual water and then actually providing the jugs so people can get the, the amount of water they need so they can use it for, you know, cleaning food for prepping and then cooking the food. And then, you know, if they wanted coffee, if they wanted Kool-Aid, it was so many other things and cleaning bring the clean to prep for it as well. So wow. it, it was so many different levels that went along with it. So we try to find a way as well to fund it. So we don't, we're not taxing people who need help. It goes back to what I said before, we got to find a way to help the people that need the help. So they don't have excuse of getting the help, right? So mm -hmm. we had to produce the water, produce uh, the bill because it was free, free water. And then how they can get the water through jugs uh, and then make sure that over time that we end up producing four more boxes uh, three more boxes in the city on different ends of the city to make sure that we can, you know, actually uh, make it available to people outside of their work times and schedules of school or wherever it was for them to get as well. Can you tell our, can you tell the audience, um, what was the, re um, the response of the people? So I can only imagine. So you over here, you and your wife, your team, the community, uh, some, some community leaders, you know, the people that's on the ground working daily, uh, barely sleeping and working not around the clock just to make sure 
uh, everybody have clean water or access to water. What was the response of the citizens of Flint while while they seen you doing all this work? They come into the church, and I'm assuming they got to come up there every day or every two days, um, something like that, probably multiple mm-hmm. times a day, just so that way they can, you know, live and have water, access to water. Well, what was man, their response? You, well, you know, you have to acknowledge, man, that inner city ministry, man, is an acknowledgement that oppression brings about emotional calluses man you know people you 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 accept oppression to survive you know and i think that's the part part of the american story that we don't want to acknowledge to be black in america nobody wants to be black but everybody wants to enjoy the black experience right so for us to make and survive and produce thing we do it comes from us understanding and accepting things as they are because we can't change them it's our reality so you know some people um celebrated and was grateful and appreciative and some people didn't respond much at all and some people still were dealing with the facts that i would never use flint water christ another day in my life i don't care what you say what you do how you test it i don't trust it so it was until we went to other communities i think the most touching response to me was when we went to the latino community and when we um, presented a water box to that particular community, which we know was being targeted, because I think I shared this before, that originally they was using the water to lock people up because wow. if they and they was using it, going to people's doors and, and, and arresting people. It, it was some other stuff behind the scenes that were going on that, that wow. the water crisis uh, kind of exposed on what was going on from, you know, officers and, and agencies. Uh, on top of that. But I believe that was the most touching piece to me to hear, you know, grown 50, 60 year old men get up almost in tears from saying, thank you for thinking about us and considering us. And I think that opened my mind to the whole concept of the black and brown experience, which we often project, but we don't always receive from other communities. We we realize our oppression of the people. We have no problem speaking up against it, you know, mm-hmm. but um, that, that was one of the things, man, I thought it would be a great, you know, response like it was to the, the the bottle water, but people didn't want it. Some people come, they was picky about the water. I want spring water. I, I only can use distilled water. I mean, yeah, it, it was crazy, right? <laughs> so so when it got to the water box, you know, it, it was a, a slow roll to say the least, but as we speak today, right now, um, we are giving water out as we speak. Uh, on Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, they still coming to get the water, man. Wait, time man. out, time out. We, this is, we in, 2020, the numbers may not be as great as I thought it would be, but the numbers are still productive and it's changed, it's changed lives. And my point was, if it changed one person, life is worth it. So, so yes, sir, so, as we speak. So eight years and counting, if yes, my sir. math is right, and we know I can't do no math, eight years and counting, we still have a water crisis to this day because of why? Because, you know, they report, there's reports out right now that because the pipes were changed and, you know, and I'll tell you right now, especially in... West Michigan, I ain't trying to, you know, drag West Michigan or nothing, but some are, um, some folks will say, you know, that was done, you know, they we fixed the pipes and they they changed them out and everything was good. 
But like you said, I, I love what you said, where um, when you're trying to address a crisis, there's always another crisis that come and trump that one. And so now the news, you won't hear coverage, but you're telling me that you all are still passing out water. Why? Like, why do y'all need water right now? Because the truer picture of systemic racism and structures of this world is still set up to keep you where you are. It's not to fix it. It's to band-aid it. It's to change the lens to something else. Anyone who lives in the city of Flint will tell you the, the pipes have not been fixed. That's a bald-faced lie. When you talk about pipes being fixed, you're talking about infrastructure. That's the word in which people are crying for and asking for. And that was not what the government responded to. The plan for the government was to fix the problem. How they was going to fix it. They're going to go back into these areas that are 60, 80, 100 years old. And we're going to recoat the pipes until we get them back to a level that the water can flow through and can be acceptable to pass not to fix the problem as it pertains to what should be done. This is a national crisis. We should have the best water in, uh, system in the country, the best technology in the world right now. We should have had a whole new uh, system. We saw other places in the state of Michigan that took place. In Lance, they were still fixing pipes. They was responding to those areas. They dug them up and fixed them. They didn't do it here in Flint. What they did in Flint was they focused on the pipeline of the water going to your house. And then they discussed the issue about, well, if you're going to fix the pipe in my yard, what are you going to do about what it did to the pipes in my house and what it did to my, my water tank? You know, no one dealt with that. No one discussed that. No one fixed that until the, the um, I think the owner of Tesla came out. If you remember, he came out, this clown yeah. response that he's going to come, he's going to drop some money and fix it. And, and we didn't hear back from him until he was sending a rocket to the moon. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everyone was trying to find a way to get involved, I guess, to respond. But th you wasn't producing it. That wasn't deliverables. And so as we look back on it, you know, the pipe issue was about dealing with minor issues with getting the the pipeline from the street uh, corner up to the house. But you got you got water. We, we in Flint, the water coming from Detroit River. If you're going to fix the problem, that is a major, major project. There was no streaks busted around here like that, man. That that, that 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 didn't happen. That didn't happen. And many of the pipes aren't fixed now. They still haven't been done. And many of the uh, companies that were doing it were doing subpar and terrible work. And you had to, you had to change, you know, uh, agents, um, change companies to do the work. As we speak in 2022, all these pipes still ain't been fixed. This ain't talking about it no more. The lens changed. So that deals again with the people responding to, you know, how we live, how we survive, how we move on. And so some people just agree, accept that it is, and they go on as, as they do. And some people are still trying to speak out. Uh, that's why, you know, um, you know, election season is so important because you got to remember who was there, who kept their word, who responded, mm -hmm. right? And so, uh, you know, it, it, it is a hard work and a hard road to work when you have to look up all these years later and acknowledge your new norm is that uh, more likely the long, the rest of your tenure, you're gonna be still servicing and working your outreach through providing water because really, you know that you're in a mistrusted place and um, people's lives really depend on you providing the source of water for them. I think I, I, I wanna talk um, briefly about oppression because our, and and, and I, I'm very thankful that 
you know, we're talking about stories right now because my my prayer is that people will hear and they stop questioning when a minority speak because we're you're speaking from experience firsthand. You got the receipts. You got the video to prove it. You're in the board meetings. Like I said, you've been summoned to Washington, D.C. You on CNN every other night. You're doing all these videos because of the people are suffering. And there's always one. There might be two. If if, if you got a good squad, you would get five committed people in the same area. That's for the people. But I want to talk about oppression because here it is, 2022, eight years later. You're still, you and your team in the church, still servicing the community of people who do not have access to clean water. We're in a state that is surrounded by water, first of all. Let's, let's not forget that. And the people are still suffering, but yet the oppression never gets addressed. But then when we try to tell our story, we're told that didn't happen. Or it's some crap that they bringing in from some reporter. Like you're in the trenches. Like, can you can you address the oppression? Because I know I have listeners that will never ever, you know, they can hear this and be like you said. I believe in the last episode. Like, oh, they sorry. Oh man, that that must have been tough. What you mean must have been? It's still happening. Like right now. Can you can you address the the power of oppression and especially to to minorities? I think number one, I would like to say that I think that a lot of this is not far fetched understood because when we see other uh, ethnic backgrounds and we see other minorities who have issues and problems, they blow the whistle and we see America respond to it. Um, if there's a shooting um, against the Asian, stop the Asian hate. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's a quick response in an order that's signed by the president, but you still have a George Floyd and you have a, a bill and you have a John Lewis bill that's still sitting there waiting, but you bypassed it because of one shooting mm-hmm. of, of Asians in a shop, right? But you got a whole city, 57 to 60% black, that has lives have been destroyed, future, you know, bleak, educational opportunities slim, that you just you just bypassed, and and you look at these communities and say, okay, well, if we can see when you are oppressed, you hurt, and we rally rally with you and walk and march with you. What happens when it when it happens to us? This is our actual story in this country. You came as as a visitor for hopes and the American dream, and got it before we got it, and we built the country. So, so if anyone should be in a place, it should be another minority you would think that would be there. You, and I, I don't have no problem calling out because I'm saying to our, our Jewish community, how, how do you call for us to stand with you against anti-Semitism and you want to acknowledge racism? And your whole background and your roots is that you teach your children. We will never forget. But you can't understand a man knee on my neck and it's washed and taped. And they go to court and they go off free. And if it was anybody in your community, you know the response wouldn't be the same. That oppression brings about depression. Because again, it shows us it's black and everybody else. People forgot when he's been called slurs by the same people because now they identified as white. They have the privileges of being white, the comforts of being white. 
But no, you're not white. You're Hispanic. You're not white. You're Italian. You're not white. You you Jewish. You're not white. You you no don't. But, but <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. But but you get those privileges like that, whatever. And then it's y'all, right? So so when when we when we operate from that place, whatever, it's a always battling um, because it reminds us that over a hundred years, so we go back to the writings of a uh, uh, excuse me a um, Marcus Garvey. No, not Garvey. Um, um, I want to say Woodson, Carter G. Woodson. Yeah. About the miseducation uh, of Negro, you will see the systematic structure and and the and the insight and in, of the of the 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 plans and structures to to produce what's producing now, which was a hundred years ago, and it's the same thing. Mm. There's no new enlightenment. It's a reworking of a system or a readjusting of a system to keep you where you are. And so that piece of oppression, whatever, only, you know, hangs as a dark cloud over other areas in our community because we acknowledge it and we throw money at it to say, okay, we see it, but we're not trying to fix it. Wow. We're not trying to fix it. And so when gentrification takes place, it proves to us what it is because the same community that you have neglected for 25 years, you turn into high real estate in two months. Mm-hmm. And there's no more rat issues. There's no, no more water issues. There's no more issues about a, a, um, a food desert. You 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 build a, a, a plum market right in the middle of the ghetto. How that happened? Mm-hmm. It goes back to understanding about what oppression is, oppression is all about and who is is designated for. Ghettos were made for that purpose. It was to redline and keep you out of certain resources, spaces, whatever, to produce that, to produce the unhealthy to produce the unwealthy and make it generational. Yeah. So, so, so in this case, it came from it being exposed to that. We were denied the necessity of water. And, and so because we stuck with it, we were able to get the aid and response to it, but it wasn't a fix. It was an aid. That's a word. And, and, and see the, some of the um, environments or maybe that's the wrong word, but where I'm at, we would never hear this. We would never hear it. Um, and then if we did attempt to hear it, it would be shut down. Um, right. This is why it, it, it blows my mind that especially here um, and where we're at, you know, well, all over the world, you know, they, it's a big fuss about CRC and all of that stuff like that. And, you know, critical race theory and it, with, they don't even know what it is. Um, right. But again, another attempt to just silence us. Uh, recently, um, you were summoned with some other uh, pastors here in the state where you all went down to, uh, I believe it was- Brunswick, uh, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and peop- we don't, we will never understand that, just that environment. Like you talked about the Jewish people and they don't understand somebody might be offended because you said, but not knowing here you are doing work with that community partnerships yeah. with them and they're right. asking you for training they asking you to come in and speak and and this is why the it's so important to listen to people's stories and not just listen because if they just listen to what what you're sharing there should be some type of action now there should be some type of partnership to say i got to do something i may not know everything 
I may not have the attempts. I'm I'm not going to be on CNN, right? I might, but I can still stand in agreement with you. I can still, you know, allow my voice to be heard and do what I need to do to, to help out, you know? And so that's why we share these stories. So right now you're still passing out water. Lives are still being affected. Children lives are still being affected. Um, what can the people do? So maybe we got a listener here and saying, you know what? Wow, this is a touching story. Uh, never did know it was this this deep. What can the people do? One thing I, I would I would say to anybody, I think that first of all, you got to deal with your own hypocrisy. If you go, if you're going to do something towards fixing this problem, you got to acknowledge that I am a source of the problem. This narrative will not change until white people speak up. The only reason why we saw the response in this country of the George Floyd is because it was white people. It was white women that was on the front line. If they thought anything or heard anything about about a Black Lives Matter movement, they were out with machine guns, uh, uh, run the streets, ready to shoot us down, beat us down in a minute. We was, they were shooting us in the face with rubber bullets, right? But on January 6th, they kicked the doors over and killed and killed the police. And then because escorted of, them out. <laughs> like yes. So 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 the oppressor has to become the liberator. And until that happens, we still are barking for justice that will never be delivered to us because we still have a constitution that says that we're not human. So for that mindset and that white supremacist mentality, whatever, according to the American which we're taking claims to, it still says that you're not human. So that person that is listening today has to become an advocate. And then you have to put your resources with it because it's one thing to give a helping hand, it's another to build it. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying it because it has not changed. There will not be an NAACP without white people. That, that wasn't designed all by us. You look back to the founders, it was whites that was there, right? A lot of establishing things took place because some people chose to really change. When Dr. King and them had Bloody Sunday, went out there, it was white priests and it was Jews that, that financed them to get it done. It wasn't just black, black folks. You know, so the partnership takes place on where do you stand and what do you put your finance in, right? Yeah. Because as we watch this country change and shift as it is, is because we learned the hard truth about how it was birthed. We support and fund the stuff that tears it down. We just don't like to be exposed. And we, we, uh, we are embarrassed, then we try to respond. Mm -hmm. Then we try to cover it up. Then we try to find some way to spin the story. But the ugliness of ourselves is that we won't stand in a position to say, I'm speaking against that. Now I'm going to finance to make sure it's being done. Wow. Secondly, I think that we got to work towards other partnerships, not only as being an advocate, you know, a person like I'm part of a particular group, as you mentioned about training and stuff like that. I'm, I'm a member, a board member of the Coalition of Black and Jewish Unity uh, out of Detroit. And uh, we deal with anti-Semitism. We deal with racism. We deal with understanding each other cultures and understanding originally how that bond traditionally started back in the 50s and 60s on beyond how we actually established because we understood we came from some of the same struggles and our stories were alike. Uh, and, and we tried to stop not being prejudiced in our views because it's one thing if I get up, rah, 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 it's wrong what you're doing to me. But then when it's somebody else, rah, rah, because if I turn an eye to it and I don't understand what it is, it was a different language. It's not a matter of understanding. It's about accepting truth. Hmm. And so we got to find organizations that's going to uh, publish writings about it that's going to challenge um uh, our our government 
and bills that will be written to to support and, and stop some of these issues because it's going it, right, right now as we speak flint was the first that was blown out the water but look at new jersey you know as we speak right now there's the issue look at last year was jackson mississippi yeah. Uh, as we speak right now, Ben Harbor, Michigan is having a water issue. Um, got word that Jackson, Michigan got an issue with water as we speak. But 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 no one is 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 saying, OK, let's fix this problem. And when you sweep Flint on, on the rug, it, it is only going to produce another horror story in our future. Wow. Wow. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful for candid conversations like this because it, it helps understanding like you said it's not just knowing but it, it's an understanding but there should be some type of call some type of um saying hey i agree but really addressing and accepting the reality this is this is america so now you can see why uh, colin kaepernick is taking the knee or and you know well did and we see what happened to him and all of that stuff now you see why everybody is not wrong you know, we we celebrating a flag and, you know, me and Dion talked about that and he brought a whole lot of insight um, about being a patriot and what that means. But why we have such a, a hard time, you know, just smiling when we constantly being oppressed and you still trying to stand and help the people, help your community. So but I, I want to take I want to say this to you because it's it, it needs to be said you you are a giant in your own right. And um, I shared this with you before um, we had talked about it uh, briefly way, way back when you became the pastor. Um, never knew, never knew. I was just saying what I heard God tell, shared with me to share with you. Never knew that you were going to be the Joshua of our generation um, and where you're carrying an entire group of people um, and and really just helping out communities and just to see where that's at. But man, I, I, I honor you. I honor the work that you and your wife is doing and how you help in the city. So, um, yeah, you, you're a mate, you're a major force and for everything that you have uh, done and what you continue to do. Um, yeah, you, in my opinion, you are black history. Um, and I, I hope you receive that you wear it well, uh, you're doing it well. And, yeah, man. Continue to fight, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. I tell I tell you, it's a humbling thing, and I'm learning over time that it's necessary because whatever our contributions are, I also learned that you become a hero when you die, right? So wow. you can't you, you can't you can't look for your accolades and stuff now. So to hear that knowledge, man, shows about how we got to have that support and that push for us to um, to get to where we need to be. And I'm learning as I grow, because I'm growing into this space. I don't know what's leading me to, this is what brought me forth. You know, um, I'm a city country boy. You know how that go, man. You oh yeah, know, man. You, you, I, I, when we talk, you're an old man with a young, you know, young man with an old yes, soul, man. Walking around with two pits in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> right. Hey, man, go back, right? So, so now, so now it's a matter you, you just have to see yourself in that light. We've come a long way west from where we come from, but yeah. those that those those things that were placed in us, as they would say, we come from good stock, you know. Yeah. So now you're just living out, you know, uh, your contribution and what your purpose is in this life. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the, for always supporting prayers, man, because we're still living it out. Yeah. Well, listening audience, you, you, um, Pastor Tillman, all of his, 
information is in our contact notes and by all means please join in please help please support do some reading do some follow-up contact us if you have any questions but again uh pastor tillman appreciate your time uh for coming and kicking it with our everything renewed audience um until next time uh we do have another episode coming up in two weeks you all are not gonna want to miss that one because it's an extension of what's taking place uh in flint right now so talk to you all later and have a great day hey thanks for listening to the everything renewed podcast i hope you heard something that was helpful and that you can relate to do me a favor like share and subscribe to the show remember start with the mind and everything can be renewed until next time stay fresh stay cool and stay renewed